0: Hi, this is Elizabeth Smith-McCrossan here to provide you with my weekly constituency MLA update for Cumberland North. Today is Monday, May the 8th, and I hope everyone listening had an incredible weekend. It was so great to see the sunshine and have some warmer weather. I think a lot of people were outside uh, for walks, uh, bathing in the sun, digging in the garden, uh, and starting to get things ready for a wonderful summer season. So I certainly hope everyone was able to embrace the beautiful spring that we had on the weekend. On the weekend, we also witnessed history as a new king was crowned, King Charles III, as well as a new queen, Queen Camilla. It was a momentous occasion and for all of you listening that love everything that represents the monarchy, I'm sure that you had a great time watching. Certainly I was very interested and got up very early Saturday morning to watch uh, everything uh, online. And some of you may ask, well, what what does the monarchy have to do with us here anyway in Canada? And I'd love just to take a few minutes and go over that with you in today's update because I find it really interesting. Our government here in Canada is a parliamentary democracy and it is a constitutional monarchy. So our Canadian Parliament is made up of three parts, and that is the monarch, the senate, and the house of commons. Canada is a constitutional monarchy. So this means that the laws governing Canada recognize the monarch as the formal head of state. All federal laws are made in the monarch's name. They also perform many important ceremonial duties, duties when visiting Canada as well. The Governor-General is the monarch's representative here in Canada. The monarch appoints the Governor-General on the advice of whoever's Prime Minister, and the Governor-General usually serves for five years. And one of the most important roles of the Governor-General is to ensure that Canada always has a Prime Minister. It's very, very important. So, for example, if there was no clear majority after a federal election, or if the Prime Minister were to die while in office, the Governor-General would have to choose this successor. So that all fits with um, why the monarchy uh, is an important part of our government here in Canada. The Governor General acts on the advice of the Prime Minister and Cabinet and the duties of Governor General include things such as summoning, opening and ending sessions of Parliament, reading from the speech from the throne and giving royal assent to the bills and signing state documents and dissolving parliament when it's time for an election. Now here in the province of Nova Scotia and what I'm used to is Lieutenant Governor is the Crown's representative as well as the chief executive officer of the province of Nova Scotia. So therefore their position is apolitical. And the role of the sovereign and the offices of the Governor General and Lieutenant Governor are fixed in our Canadian Constitution. So no changes can be made to this Canadian Constitution without the unanimous approval of all provincial legislative assemblies as well as the House of Commons and the Senate in Ottawa. I know some of you listening may be really interested in this and others may not be so, but I just thought it would be a great time to sort of outline this given the fact that we have a new king and queen after, of course, Queen Elizabeth II reigned for 70 years. Uh, so we're all used to having Queen Elizabeth II, but now of course we have a new new King and Queen. So a little bit more about how the monarchy uh, affects us here, affects our government here in Canada as well as right here in Nova Scotia. The office of the Lieutenant Governor is the source of the gover- government's power in Nova Scotia. So every measure and bill passed in the Nova Scotia Legislature must be given Royal Assent in the name of the Sovereign before it becomes law. So every time I go down to the Legislature, usually the spring and the fall, sometimes there's summer sessions, um, every bill that gets passed in the Nova Scotia Legislature has to be given Royal Assent by the Lieutenant Governor in the name of the Sovereign before it actually gets passed into law. And at the end of every session, he comes, uh, the lieutenant governor comes to the legislature and gives his royal assent. The lieutenant governor also holds the right to assert royal prerogative over a measure or bill if they deem it to be not in the public's best interest, which is interesting. The lieutenant governor can even dismiss a government if it's not acting in the best interest of the public, though this rarely happens anywhere in Canada. And of course here In Nova Scotia, the Lieutenant Governor also delivers the speech from the throne. The Lieutenant Governor acts on the advice of elected officials, but may exercise the right to be consulted to provide encouragement to the Executive Government or to warn them if public interest is not being upheld. So they have a lot of power. If confidence in Cabinet is not retained by the Legislative Assembly, the Lieutenant Governor will act in the best interests of Nova Scotia, and similar to the Federal um, to the Governor General federally, that ensures there's always a Prime Minister in place. The Lieutenant Governor here in Nova Scotia ensures that there's always a Premier in place. So if the office of the Premier was to become vacant for any reason, it is the duty of Le- the Lieutenant Governor to ensure that the post is filled. And he also he or she also appoints government posts, including Deputy Ministers, Provincial Judges, members of boards, agencies, commissions and Crown Attorneys. Reference to the term Lieutenant Governor in Council on government documents such as legislation refers to the Lieutenant Governor acting on or with the advice of Executive Council or Cabinet. So I find this all very interesting because it directly affects the work that I do on your behalf. And then lastly before I move on to local business I'll just mention that this is all within the Constitution of Canada. And we'll see on the news that there's different surveys and people saying, you know, do we really need the monarchy here in Canada? And some surveys say that there's an overwhelming amount of people that say no, while other people say yes. And uh, of course, anything is possible to change through legislation and law, but it would have to be done so with the unanimous consent of all provinces all legislative assemblies and territories, as well as the Senate and the House of Commons. So it's Canada, a little bit of history here. Again, Canada was created by an act of the Parliament of the United Kingdom. It was called the British North America Act in 1867. So now that is referred to as the Constitution Act of 1867. So just think about that. That wasn't that long ago, 1867. Uh, Canada was first created by an act of Parliament of the United Kingdom called the British North America Act, and it united the British colonies of the United Province of Canada and Nova Scotia and New Brunswick. So the Constitution of Canada includes the Constitution Act 1867 and the Constitution Act 1982. It's the supreme law of Canada, and it reaffirms Canada's dual legal system, also includes the aboriginal rights and treaty rights. So just a little bit of history to start off my MLA update today. I find it all very uh, fascinating, very interesting, and as we have a new king and queen just for us to understand um, how they are the head of state uh, for our government here in Canada. My mission as MLA for you for Cumberland North is to represent you, the people of Cumberland North. I'm an independent MLA, and I work for you, the people, building on a foundation that's truth and justice, determination and dedication, honesty, being a servant leader, and empowering all people. And together, you and I will build a stronger community, stronger region, using the strength of our veterans that have come before us, and standing firm on the pillars of excellence in healthcare poverty reduction, affordability, caring for our Mother Earth, and entrepreneurship and the economy. And I believe that if we embrace our differences, we embrace our diversity, strive for equity and inclusiveness, as well as celebrate our history, arts and culture of our people, we will be a stronger region. This morning, I was pleased to attend the grand opening of a community pharmacy clinic right here in the town of Amherst. It's located inside the building that's called Amherst Medical Center, and of course that's where the Amherst Pharmacy is located. The Amherst Community Pharmacy Clinic uh, opened last Monday, and it is located upstairs in the former office of Dr. Rubio Reyes. Dr. Jen O'Brien, who is a pharmacist here, a local leader, uh, will be leading that clinic, and I was just so pleased to be able to be present this morning with that grand opening. Uh, I had a tour of the clinic and got to speak with Jen and the local staff there. Jen will be the lead pharmacist and you can book appointments by calling the pharmacy or dropping in for same-day appointments or you can even book online and the pharmacist will be able to treat and prescribe medication for patients with common illnesses or who have chronic diseases like diabetes, cardiovascular disease, asthma or COPD. They can also provide care for strep throat including a diagnosis and treatment. Uh, Dr. Jen O'Brien shared with me that patients can come regardless of what pharmacy they use and whether or not they have a family physician or nurse practitioner or not. You can; Everyone can attend this pharmacy community clinic. And all documentation will be sent to your family doctor or nurse practitioner if you do have one, so that they will be aware that you uh, were seen at this community pharmacy clinic. And of course, they're working together collaboratively and making sure that there's strong communication between all the care providers. So this clinic is open to all uh, and is covered by your valid Nova Scotia health card. Unfortunately, it is not open to our neighbors in New Brunswick. And I I did mention that in the grand opening this morning. And this is a demonstration project, a pilot project. However, I'm confident and I certainly will be advocating that as time goes on, that this clinic will be open to all people. Now, we must ensure that all healthcare services here in Nova Scotia abide by the Canada Health Act. And of course, the Canada Health Act uh, ensures that no matter where you live in Canada, you are to receive access, free access to uh, health care services. So I'm looking forward to this community pharmacy clinic being open to Uh, all people regardless of where they live in Canada. But I want to say a big thank you and congratulations to the staff of the Amherst PharmaSave just for being local leaders. They've been just really incredible leaders in our community since since that business opened and extending a big congratulations to all of them today. I remain very concerned for women's and family health here in Cumberland County. Gynecologist and obstetrician Dr. Helen Sandland is retiring in less than two weeks. The Minister of Health nor any of her staff in Nova Scotia Health have provided any assurance that there will be no disruption in access to medical care for women and families here in Cumberland. Uh, I've written to them. I know other local health care professionals have communicated their concerns as well. And I find it really quite astonishing that no one has responded to a letter that I sent couple weeks ago outlining the public's concerns Uh, and and no plan has been shared with local nursing and medical professionals as to what is going to happen after Dr. Helen Sandlin's retirement on May 15th. This is one more example that the current governance structure of healthcare here in Nova Scotia is not meeting your needs. It's just simply not meeting the public's needs and uh, it's very frustrating in my role when there's not adequate communication with the public on such an important issue as women's and families' health care. So as the representative for this area I will continue to voice the concerns of the public. This is a matter of life and death for expectant mothers and their infants. Certainly not an insignificant matter as the lack of response by Nova Scotia Health would suggest. I will certainly be communicating any information that I receive on this matter in the coming weeks. Several nurses came together a few months ago to discuss ideas of how we can show encouragement and appreciation to fellow nurses working under the great strain in healthcare right now. So we planned an evening celebration for National Nurses Day, which is tomorrow, Tuesday, May the 9th. It's also Florence Nightingale's birthday. And this celebration for nurses is going to be held at the Nova Scotia Community Campus in Amherst from 6 o'clock till 8 o'clock p.m. And the reason we chose that time is that if there are nurses that are working until 7 p.m., they can come after their shift ends. Or if there's nurses that are going into work for 7 p.m., they could come um, at 6 o'clock and come early. So we're hoping to have a great turnout and, of course, this event is open to all nurses. Uh, registered nurses, licensed practical nurses, nurse practitioners, as well as nursing students. So if you know of any, please let them know about this event Tuesday, May the 9th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Nova Scotia Community Campus in Amherst. I want to say thank you to the local businesses and organizations and individuals who have generously given gifts for us to give as door prizes. And we're having a large gift basket and we'll be drawing a name uh, for that as well tomorrow night. We have over $1,500 worth of donations, yes, $1,500 worth of donations that we are going to be giving out to nurses tomorrow evening. We're so we're so thankful to everyone who has donated so generously. Uh, nurse Cheryl Smith is our guest speaker, as well as Pam Chapel is going to be uh, singing for us, and of course Pam is a nurse as well. So please encourage all nurses to join us. It's drop-in anytime between 6 and 8 p.m., including before or after a shift. We will have finger foods, tea, coffee, punch, and look forward to fellowship with fellow nurses. We'll also have a photo booth set up. And most importantly, we're going to be celebrating our nurses. They are our future in healthcare. Housing. The need for more housing is certainly one of the biggest, highest priorities right now here in Cumberland and throughout all of Nova Scotia. Housing is needed for persons of all income levels. We definitely need more affordable housing, but we need uh, all levels of housing. Recently, I was sent several letters from the public asking me to do more on this important issue. And Friday, I met with an incredible entrepreneur from the Pugwash area who's building homes every day right here in Cumberland County. His name is Lee Weir. And he has a business set up in a large industrial building right beside the fire department in Pugwash. He has a huge team and he and his team are part of the solution for housing here in our area. And I will continue to work with stakeholders to move the needle on housing. I responded to the constituents that had sent me the letter outlining all of the things that my team and I here have done over the last two and a half, three years Uh, with regards to housing. We've held a couple of public meetings we've held meetings with contractors with municipal leaders and of course with Housing Nova Scotia and CMHC and Affordable Housing Nova Scotia so there's uh, some great work being done but more does need to be done especially by the province of Nova Scotia where more public housing needs to be built so right now there's uh, really no movement there people that contact my office that are looking for public housing There's over a two-year wait, and some people just simply cannot wait that long. So I'll continue to work on this important issue, and if you have any ideas or solutions, please contact me. I would like to let you know about a public information session helping people to learn how they can earn income by renting space in your home. And the Cumberland Business Connector, Nova Scotia Community Campus, as well as the Town of Amherst have put together this event, this public information session and it's a great event to learn all about the opportunity of using your existing housing space to rent it to individuals looking to live work or study here in amherst so there'll be an expert panel uh, be on hand to help answer all of your questions on what steps would need to be taken and all of the different options in creating rental living space for you to earn extra income while supporting your community Uh, We do have many needs here in our community to find places for people to live, whether it's students that are going to Nova Scotia Community Campus or whether it's new nurses who want to move and work here at our local hospital but are having difficulty finding a place to live. So if you're interested, please consider going to this event. Again, it's May the 11th from 6 to 8 p.m. at the Nova Scotia Community Campus here in Amherst. And again, it's on earning income while renting space in your home. Briefly, I'll just mention a few other items that I worked on last week. Uh, I had a great day working in Pugwash and I'm going to be working there more over the summer months. Uh, some of the conversations that I'm having with business owners involve property valuation assessments of their commercial properties. and Many business owners have seen a significant increase in the valuation of their commercial properties. And, of course, this is a real concern because this cost then has to be passed on to either their business customers or to the tenants that may be renting space in their commercial buildings. And it's not always viable uh, for there to be increased costs. So this has been a real challenge for our uh, many of our businesses. And I've had a lot of people ask me, how is, how is the market valuation Uh, completed how are these assessments determined so there's two important pieces one is there the provincial component and that is the property valuation services corporation it's a it's a board of directors that oversee property valuation assessments for the province and that's including commercial properties as well as residential properties so that is done provincially that is a independent board uh, for the province of Nova Scotia However, all of the Board of Directors are either municipal or provincial uh, leaders, uh, representatives. So they determine the valuation of the property. Then your municipal government, so here in Cumberland County, we have three different municipal governments. We have the Town of Amherst, we have the Town of Oxford, and we have the County of Cumberland. So depending on where you live, your municipal government determines your tax rate and then the tax rate is applied to your property valuation assessment. So if you feel that your taxes are too high, you have two options. You can talk to your councillor who you would have elected uh, either in the county of Cumberland, the town of Oxford or the town of Amherst. You can talk to your councillor, your elected municipal representative, talk to them about the tax rate. If you feel that it's too high, you can let them know Uh, or you can appeal your valuation assessment with the province. Now, I believe the deadline to make that appeal has passed for this year but keep that in mind next year in the spring usually the property valuations are sent out uh, late January early February and you have only a couple of weeks to send in your appeal Uh, but it is important to send that communication because what I'm finding is sometimes the valuation assessments that are completed are not always uh, based on a comparison uh, and possibly accurate information and there's uh, certainly some cases where I'm seeing people's property valuations uh, assessments are extremely high and uh, many have gone up by fifty to hundred percent over the last two to three years uh, even though the market here may not have changed for commer- commercial commercial properties in some markets. So it's an important topic, and if you have any more questions about that, please feel free to reach out to my office. I'm going to be doing a little education session around this over the next week or two as well, just so people have a clear understanding of where their property taxes uh, information comes from and how, the, how it is determined. As we know, knowledge is power. So I do my best to try to help educate everyone and help our our citizens, our residents of Cumberland County to be aware of uh, all this information. But uh, certainly if there's anything you want more information on, you can contact my office anytime. The phone number is 902-661-2288. There's many other areas of work that I did last week, but I will leave it at that for this week and to go into more detail next week but certainly if you have any questions concerns about provincial issues or anything else that my staff and i can help you with reach out anytime of course i have an office here in the town of amherst at five ratchford street it's right beside the library as well as an office in pugwash and My time in Pugwash and Amherst goes back and forth. And if you'd like to have an appointment, I always encourage people to give a call and set that appointment time up. And again, the number is 902-661-2288. I would like to extend birthday and anniversary greetings to anyone celebrating this week. Uh, Today, Monday, May the 8th, is Melanie Peterson's birthday. Uh, Tomorrow, Tuesday, May the 9th, is Charlie Reindress' birthday as well as the CEO of the Cumberland YMCA Mrs. Trina Clark, just an incredible, incredible woman and leader and doing great things for our area and even the entire province. She's she's done a lot of provincial work as well in the area of childcare and daycare and you'll be hearing some announcements coming from the province uh, in the days ahead and Trina Clark was a very big part of the upcoming announcement for daycare in our area on wednesday may the 10th stephen russell celebrating a birthday as well as mr bob nogler and mr bob nogler was my math teacher in grade nine at pdhs pugwash district high school and he's very active in our communities in the areas of pickleball and other outdoor sports and want to send uh, birthday greetings to to mr manogler for wednesday on thursday may the 11th young william gogan is celebrating a birthday and many of you may know he's the son of Donna Gauguin, who is one of our restaurant owners here in downtown Amherst, so happy birthday, William, as well as Mr. Angus Furlong, who works at Tantramar Car Dealership here in the town of Amherst and wishing Angus a happy birthday on Thursday. On Friday, May the 12th, Karen Hoig-Hawks is celebrating a birthday. And on Saturday, Donna Buchanan and Becky Chitty, are celebrating birthdays. If anyone else is celebrating, I hope that you have uh, some great family and friend time. I would like to extend my sympathies to anyone who's lost a loved one recently, including the family and friends of Shirley Dorothy Seymour, as well as Gloria Jean Stewart. If anyone else has lost a loved one recently, please accept my condolences. There are a few events that I'd like to update you on before I finish off today, and one is the Bacon Elliot Bursary Dinner is going to be held this Saturday May the 13th at the Lions Den and if you're interested in tickets for that event please contact my office I have some tickets there it's going to be a turkey dinner this year and all of the profits from the Bacon Elliot bursary dinner are all kept in a fund and given to Cumberland County students to attend post-secondary education and we're so pleased with how successful this dinner has been for a long time and we're very thankful for the committee for organizing this dinner yet again this year. Also on May the 26th, the Rotary Club are holding a fundraiser of course the Rotary Club are responsible and own Camp Tidnish which is a very important camp for persons with disabilities so please consider supporting, it's a uh, wine tasting event, it's going to be held at the Amherst Stadium again on May the 26th The Tidnish Bridge Fire Department are holding a fundraising breakfast on Sunday, May the 28th, the morning of May the 28th in Tidnish. And lastly, next Monday, I'm going to be joining the Cumberland County Chamber of Commerce for a roundtable discussion. It's going to be held at the Pugwash Library, the new Pugwash Library. And everyone's welcome. Please come. I'd love to hear what you have to say and love to hear your ideas and concerns. So please consider joining me next Monday May the 15th for the morning at the Pugwash Library in Pugwash, Nova Scotia. I would like to say thank you to CFTA 107.9 and James Hand as well as Mr. Ron Bickel and all of the team at CFTA for providing me with this opportunity to share with you my weekly constituency update. I love being the MLA for Cumberland North. It is truly an honor to serve you. Please contact me anytime if there's anything I can do to help you or your family and friends. Have a great week. Take care of yourselves and take care of others.